Welcome back. It's Thursday. This is Zero to 60. That's Matt. I'm Bree. Got the Chargers and Raiders for Thursday night football coming up, and that's got wild implications for the West. But before we jump into that, Zero to 60 is sponsored by Bet Online. The last of the major pro sports leagues are off and rolling, and college football is on its way as well. Bet Online remains your top spot for all your live betting action and contest needs. NFL, college football, UFC, and NHL are all in full swing, and Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. All hoops betting action, along with every other sport, is available. At at your fingertips with both the desktop and mobile access at any time. You can head on over to Bet Online today and remember to use our promo code Believe. That's B L E A V for your fifty percent off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Because Bet Online is where the game starts. Matt, how are you? I'm good. Happy Thursday to everybody. Uh, good morning out there. Hope everybody's staying warm over here in Colorado. It's, man, it was cold as hell this morning at five a.m. But I'm good. Uh, things are looking up. So you know, let's. Roll through Thursday, today at 2 p.m. Uh, on the interview show, we've got Jeremy Bloom on to talk all things buff. So we'll save your buff conversation for then. Uh, any questions you got for Jeremy or, or I, we can answer this afternoon. Uh, yeah, so, you know, looking forward to a, a good weekend of uh, NFL football. And it starts with the backup bowl this evening. It's just a bunch of, bunch of backups playing. So it, it should be a good weekend. It's the state of the NFL right now with all of the quarterback injuries. And it was interesting. I saw Austin Eckler was actually talking about it on a podcast earlier about whether or not we're seeing more quarterback injuries. Um, although I do want to question something. You said it was cold this morning. Are you all of a sudden not a fan of the winter there, Matt? Uh, no, I love the winter. It was just, it was super cold this morning at 5 a.m. when I went out to, well, 4.15 when I went out to get in my car to go to the facility. So it was just cold. So just, I can like it and, also understand that it is freezing and colder than a witch's titty out there. It is cold as fuck. I don't, so. I don't know. I've never heard that comparison before. I've never heard that statement in my life. Whatever analogy you just made up there is uh, an interesting choice for a Thursday morning. That's, that's an old school. An old school. Well, that makes sense. Being an old head and all. Matt, uh, I don't know what direction you want to take this in. So let's roll with some of the, I, I did want to, Point to this though before we get into conversations about the NFL first and foremost uh, CBS is projecting this matchup which would uh, uh, basically you could potentially see the the Broncos matching up with the Dolphins again I mean didn't I bring this up like a month ago when I said that I would not be surprised at all if Denver ends up in Miami to rectify their 70 point the football karma I mean I I talk about this constantly so but this is how I think things will work out. I think Denver will be the seventh seed and they'll end up going to Miami. And that is not a game Miami wants. It's just not. I don't give a shit what happened at the 70 point game. That's that might as well be last year at this point. So you know, it's two totally different teams. And I don't think the Dolphins can really bank on anything other than, you know, they put 70 points on a team that wears the same logo. And I think Denver can use everything as motivation moving into that game. That will be, I, I would say that that would be one of the most upset pick games ever. I think people will be picking Denver to go upset Miami in that game like hotcakes. And I, I know I would. So I wouldn't be surprised at all if this is the way it, it pans out. And it, it's fitting that Buffalo has to go back to Kansas City. You know, it's just, this is the way the National Football League works. So, you know, it's uh, the the opportunity for this to happen alone just make makes my makes my uh my NFL 
fandom spike up. So I, I, I think this is this is a big time opportunity. That would be very interesting. I'm glad you brought that up. I'm glad I brought it up too. Although it is two remarkably different seasons for both the Dolphins and the Broncos. The Dolphins are on a little bit of a backslide. The Broncos can't be hotter, although they've won the last six of their seven games. Dropping that one to the Texans has to hurt a little bit just because it was a beautiful team and a winnable game. Um, we'll obviously talk more about the Broncos on Friday. We can get into questions about that as well. I see a clamoring for Buffs talk. Um and, and we'll get to that at 2 p.m. Make sure you tune in there, as Matt already noted. Talk to me a little bit about the backup bowl and why exactly uh, that's sticking out to you for tonight. Well, it's not really sticking out to me other than it's on. Um, the fact that everybody's hurt, I'm not going to sit here and say the NFL's soft. Football's hard. Uh, you know, both starting quarterback, well, one of them out is out because they suck. The other one, the O'Connell kid, he can't play. So they're going to – I don't know what the Raiders are going to do at quarterback other than draft, you know, somebody high next year. I wouldn't be surprised if they try and trade with Chicago for that number one pick or trade for Justin Fields. Um, and, the, you know, the Chargers, they, the Chargers, everybody there is on the, the death march. Like nobody's going to – no one's back. The only person that's probably back that's guaranteed to be on that team next year is Justin Herbert. But if you're Khalil Mack, if you're Keenan Allen, if you're any aging veteran, regardless how good you are, the new staff will probably want to move on from you. Um, I, I don't really think that the Chargers have a lot to look forward to other than maybe Bill Belichick going to L.A. and bringing his staff, as I'm hearing Belichick is going to be out in New England, which – I think is insane. I think you give them a quarterback and play with that defense. I think that they'll be back at, you know, winning that division as fast as you can say, win that division. So I, I don't know the, the NFL is fickle, but uh, this evening is just, it's another, it's a game that's on that, you know, the, at the, the start of the season looked like it would be a good football game. And tonight has turned into uh, the backup bowl and that's fine. It gives people opportunity to play and whatnot, but, it's hard to bet on. It's hard to watch, and it's on Prime anyway. So I don't facilitate this being a a, a a great game. Look, if Max Crosby ends up playing, I wouldn't be surprised if Crosby and Khalil Mack go on a sack for sack. Like you could have more sacks in this game than you could have points. And a complete duel out there. You said something about Bill Belichick, which I want to. I actually want to dive into deeper because I think the notion that uh, Belichick would be out of New England after, I guess, what would be a poor showing. I, I'm i not sure what the quarterback situation is going to dice itself out in Foxborough, but it's interesting to note that one of the winningest coaches, one of the most illustrious careers, would somehow be out unless it was a mutual agreed-upon decision, which I don't see him leaving that position under his own volition. Uh, do you think there's any backing to that, what would lead to the rumors of Robert Kraft being already decided on that decision? And is that kind of information maybe an agent would leak out there? I mean, I thought they were signing Belichick to a long uh, extension or a contract out there, not letting him go. And look, I wouldn't be surprised if they still do. This could be pandering, just like you just said, to, you know, maybe drive up the price or whatnot. I don't know why he would need to do that. If Belichick has a quarterback, if you give him players and he doesn't look, I'm not saying he does a great job of evaluating talent, but maybe in the draft pick realm, he doesn't do a very good job. But I'm telling you, he he always surrounded Tom Brady with talent, regardless of how he got it there. 
it's not like that team is bad. Their defense is outstanding. Their offensive line is pretty good. They can run the football, but their their quarterback play is atrocious. You saw what they did last week going into Pittsburgh. You give them a quarterback, you get three touchdowns on the board, they win a, a football game. So, you know, the, the Patriots are my biggest fear for the Broncos on to fuck up this playoff run the night before Christmas. There's nothing that Bill Belichick would want more than to come to Denver and, and destroy the opportunity for the Denver Broncos, and their defense is good enough to do it. So that that game scares the shit out of me way more than Saturday at Detroit does. That's a, a game the Broncos can lose and still make the playoffs. The other three are games that they cannot lose and still make the playoffs. And I know this is about the Patriots, but it goes full circle. Bill Belichick did a lot with Tom Brady. Tom Brady did a lot with Bill Belichick. I don't really like the narrative that one did it in spite of the other. They did it together. Um, Brady did go to Tampa and win with a lot of really good players down there and a really good football team. So he was the missing piece. Um, it, look, Belichick, if he goes to the Chargers and he can implement the same kind of control and ideals and he has the same kind of energy he's had in New England for God knows how long he's been there, then it might work because Herbert's a good quarterback. But at the same time, if you're the number two pick in the draft, which what New England is right now, and you can go get Drake May or Caleb Williams or Penix or Jaden Daniels, I guess my question to Belichick is, do you really want to deal with a rookie quarterback again, even though it is the second pick of the draft? And and then on the other hand of that is, do you want a rookie quarterback that's maybe an athlete that you know does things a little unconventional in the, in the conventional mindset that, Bill Belichick is going to provide. So it's a two, it's a two-way cut here. So they, they've got a lot to, to figure out in New England. And I, I don't know if I'd be leaking the we got to get rid of Bill Belichick shit. I mean, what I don't know what the fuck that is. That that seems no. like a little disrespectful on on where I'm sitting, and I don't even like the Patriots. Well, I wonder if the backslide has been brought on from the the kind of the unforeseen circumstances of Bill Belichick also being basically the, the de facto general manager and, and that roster has become more devoid of talent than it's ever been and therefore preventing success. So I feel like it would be a little bit of a bailout if you were to jump ship over to the Chargers who, you know, for all they do have, aren't really struggling in the talent department, specifically at quarterback. So you bring up an interesting point uh, uh, of whether or not he was would succeed in that organization. Uh, as we know, their coach probably will not be along for much longer. Uh, what the Chargers have done to that organization and that team is pretty embarrassing for the, the long, we talk about being spoiled in Broncos country. I don't think we could handle nor stomach the long um, drawn out uh, drought that they have suffered. Yeah, you've got to like, you, you had to have actually tasted water to have a drought. They... The, the Chargers are the most inept franchise in the history of football. Like they are the definition of mid. They they are never any good. When they are, they always fuck it up. They are terrible in the front office. They the Chargers Charger. This is something that everyone knows. So again, in order there in order for there to be a drought, there actually had to be some water there at some point. That's just as barren a fucking you know fan base as you can get. It's why they don't have one. I mean, there's no Charger fans. I don't know a Charger fan. And the, anybody that's in L.A. that's a Charger fan is probably a transplant from, like, fucking Iowa or some shit and has a pass to go to Disneyland every weekend, too. So 
it's it's a joke of a franchise. They shouldn't have left San Diego. That's where their fans are. And I feel bad for the people that have to drive up there every weekend to watch that trash. And then it, it that is a home game for everybody. So why, if you're a player, other than being drafted there, why the fuck would you ever want to play there? If you're getting traded or drafted to the Chargers, that's great. You get to go play. But why would you ever want to sign for the, with the Chargers? They have no fan base. They have no home field advantage. Every game you play is an away game, even the games at home. So I don't know, man. The Chargers are, in my opinion, the Chargers are like the bastard child of the entire NFL. Andrew Schwartz brings up a good point over on YouTube. And if you want to get your questions or comments highlighted, you can jump in the chat right now. Do you think the Chargers would still charger if Bill is the head coach? Um, no, yes. because I think, oh, you think that it would just continue to keep to keep going to, to in in perpetuity. Yeah, I mean, Martin, Marty Schottenheimer was an older, great coach. He didn't win like Bill, but I, I will say this. Bill's 72 years old starting next season. I I don't know, man. I think Bill might want to just retire and go ride the seven rings around the fucking Haba up there in Boston and just live the life of being Bill Belichick. Why in the holy fuck would he want to come all the way out to L.A. and adopt that mess where there's no base either? Like Maybe that's why he would do it. Because there is no pressure, no base, and no expectation. No one gives a shit. So mm, if no, I don't see that. He could go out there and just just wing it. Like I, I just, I don't, I don't see Belichick. First of all, I don't think he's going to leave Foxborough. I think that that's ridiculous. I think this is all ploy. And secondly, you give this man a quarterback. I don't agree that the talent's void of of or the roster's void of talent. I think defensively they're outstanding, and. You know they've they've played a ton of games where they've held the the opponent under ten points. I watched the Broncos do that last year. You give them a quarterback, and that's a playoff team. And I anybody that wants to sit here and oh, what the fuck do I know? I know more than your dumb fucking ass. So gee, I'm tired of hearing that shit too. I know more than you. That's what I know. I know. So yeah, I, I really truly believe it. Watch watch how hard that team plays you give them quarterback play i think that they're a playoff team that's just the way bill belichick operates so i don't think he's going anywhere either do you think mac jones is honestly that just terrible that he is the the penchant of all of the issues on the patriots offense like and i think it's a little dangerous to say a team is a quarterback away i i don't i think that when you play defense like they do and the tight end play that they have could they add a receiver? Yeah, they could have added a receiver the entire time Tom Brady played. Other than Randy Moss, their receiving core, you know, with with the exception of Welker and Moss, their receiving core was poo-poo. It was just always average and dude after dude from, you know, it, it's just the way it is. So, and it, guys that facilitated Tom Brady, fine. But they've got to, if they're going to keep Bill Belichick and draft a quarterback high, then that quarterback has got to go in and be able to read a defense and put the ball where it's supposed to be. Again, the the zappy kid, see how he does this weekend. If he goes out and they don't score any points, then that's one thing. But that kid threw three touchdowns last week playing within the framework of the offense that they run in, in New England. So I'm not mm -hmm. sitting here like beating the New England drum. Fuck the Patriots. But I do know what I'm watching. And their defense and the way they run the football – if you give them a quarterback, they're going to be a competitive team in the AFC. Look at how average the AFC is. And you're telling me you give Bill Belichick a quarterback or a quarterback that can actually read a defense and facilitate 
and doesn't fuck up and throw the ball out of bounds and throw the ball to the other team under monumental level, and they play defense like that and they're not in the playoff hunt, shit. No way you can convince me of that. Nobody. Andrew's chiming in. Looks like he's a Patriots fan. He says, Pats need a GM that can build a better offense from a personnel perspective. Uh, We agree, Andrew. I was just pointing out that Bill Belichick has sort of depleted the talent on the roster the last couple of years. And uh, Matt believes that wide receivers in New England have been so-so. Danny Amendola would like to man. I mean, come on. You take away Randy Moss and Wes Welker, and who are your best three receivers of all time? Like, David Patton, God rest his soul, and Troy Brown and Jabbar Gaffney. And I mean, the, the kid, the Henry kid you drafted from Arizona State, he was terrible. They, they've made Nelson Aguilar was, well, he might still fucking be there for all I know. He's rotated in two or three times. I'm I just, mean, Edelman. I mean, Edelman was, I mean, Edelman, Edelman was a great player. Okay, there's three. There you go. Whatever. John uh, over on YouTube says, in their offense, which is why I like their offense. I think that Hunter Henry and those guys can play if you facilitate the ball to them, which we saw last week. John over on YouTube said the NFC South is a dumpster fire. Do you agree? He says Baker Mayfield is the best in the division. Yeah, that's a, it's a terrible division. There's no doubt about that. They, you know, it's, there's some good defense there. I think the Saints are probably the best team in the division. I wouldn't be surprised if they win it. Um, although Carr is – there's obviously a disconnect between him and his linemen. And that's because he's a great, big, fake, smug fuck, and that's some facts. So, you know, you, your teammates see through your fakeness. And Carr in, in Vegas, no one saw through it. In New Orleans, they see through it like it's like it's it's, it's see-through. So – you know, I, I still think that the Saints are the class of the South, though. The South is a just dumpster fire of football teams. All four of those teams are awful. So whoever gets the two seed in the – I guess it wouldn't be the two seed because the winner of the South would host a playoff game. So I guess the South winner is going to be the four, and then whoever gets the five. So they're going to end up with the Cowboys or the Eagles because those that's going to be the five seed in the NFC, one of those two. That's – a that's – the, that's what you want. If you're the Cowboys or the Eagles, you get to go on the road and mop up one of these terrible NFC South teams before you go into the divisional round. So that I guess that's good for the good teams in the NFC, but the South is a joke. I mean, I, I do believe that the division winner should host a playoff game. I'm not going to fall into that argument, but it is a joke of a division. Hopefully one of those teams can at least finish with a winning record to have a little bit of, you know, a, a little bit of uh, argument on their side. The conversation, since you were talking about the Saints, I want to talk about Derek Carr. Uh, stats and yards aside, not able to get it done in uh, Las Vegas, obviously now with the New Orleans Saints. How does this affect his legacy if they're not able to dig themselves out of the hole? You're saying the the Saints are a better team, but the win-loss record is really not showing that. Well, they're, 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 they're just the best team in the shitty division. I, I don't think they're better from – you know, last year's team or the year before, just because they got car. I, I like the signing when it happened, but you know, this season has showed us a different side. Uh, his legacy is he'll probably be cut after this season and be a backup somewhere or just retire. Um, and that's it. Like uh, there's, he's a, he'll go on NFL network and talk next to his brother and it'll be 
two car brothers that accounted for no playoff wins. So his legacy is what it is. He's, you know, he's a, I think car is super smug and I think he talks down to his guys and acts like he's better than people. And that's because of who he decides to be off the field too. So and if you don't like that shit, then I don't give a fuck. Then I'm not here to appease to you. I'm here to tell you my opinion. So I don't, I don't really like Carr, and I think the way that he is and the way that he talks and all this bullshit pandering is caught up with him, and you can tell that his teammates are fed up with it. And, you know, you can only talk down to people and fuck with people for so long before they start giving it back to you. And it doesn't seem like Carr likes it when people give it back. Hmm. So I don't think he has a legacy. I, you know, it, uh, just an, another failed Raider quarterback. There's his legacy. Uh, I'm glad that we're on the same page here. Right? I knew I liked you. See, yeah. we're, we were in agreement about Derek Carr. Yeah, it is what it is. I was just affirming what you said. Anyway, in the Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo was out for a concussion. Now he's been replaced by Aiden O'Connell. Do you think they go back to Garoppolo at some point? Is the Aiden O'Connell experiment working for the Raiders? Are they done for the rest of the season? Mm -hmm. The Broncos have one more matchup against them on New Year's Eve, so I know it's got implications for the West, but it's not like they're going to make a run for it. No, I don't I don't know what the hell the Raiders are going to do. I, I like Antonio Pierce, but I doubt he's going to be the head coach moving forward. They scored three points last week. Or, excuse me, they lost three to nothing. <laughs> My bad. Uh, yeah, they gave up three points and lost. So that that sucks. Their defense is not the problem. They fly around. Their offense, Josh Jacobs is a dude. Devontae Adams is a dude. Other than that, it's just a bunch of Jags, and they don't have a quarterback. So they're, they need to move up in the draft and see if they can negotiate with Chicago to draft one of these guys high. And then you got to draft the right one. Uh, but I don't think O'Connell is the future. He could be a backup for him like he's been this year and kind of suffice. But, you know, that they might as well just kept Carr if they were going to do this. They would have a better opportunity with that schmuck than Garoppolo and his sex contract and this fucking guy, O'Connell, who played seven you know, seven years at Purdue and has got a pederast mustache. I mean, they, they've got some problems in Vegas, but good. Fuck the Raiders. They can have as many problems as they want. They, they have a hard enough time figuring out their own roster. Uh, you know, they've got some elite players, but after that, their roster is just, it's just a bunch of Jags and that's what their quarterback is. And it's what it is. So, you know, it, it, it becomes an issue of regardless of which team wins tonight, the Broncos have both of them again. So at least we'll be able to scout, you know, the stick kid and the O'Connell kid and try and figure out ways to stop them. But, if you're the Broncos, you're playing a bunch of backup quarterbacks here and then Jared Goff. Jared Goff's a good player. So if they can figure out a way to win on Saturday and then they play backup quarterbacks the rest of the year, it, it looks pretty damn good for Denver, you know, even even if the opponents are struggling the way they are. You know, it, it's, it, it goes back to everything that Cam Newton just said this week, like the whole, you know, these guys are game managers. I can't believe people are so mad at Cam Newton for having an opinion. That's an NFL MVP. I mean – if Cam Newton can't have an opinion, then who can? The way ESPN handled it, too, was just, ugh, like, I, you're, you're going to let old girl sit there and point at the TV with her pen and be like, who are you, Cam Newton? Bitch, who are you? You've never fucking picked up a ball in your life. Like, how are you going to attack him? I was just, it was so bad. Like, it's just, ESPN should be ashamed of themselves the way they covered that. 
I mean, look, I'm not saying you have to play to have an opinion, but you don't get to just downtrot an NFL MVP's opinion and a guy who won a Heisman because you don't think that it's right. You can disagree with it all you want, but you can't sit there and question an NFL MVP. I mean, give me a fucking break. I think you can disparage the remarks if you maybe feel that he's off base. Well, that's, yeah, but that's not what she did at all. And it it just, Mm -hmm. it... It was very like it was almost vindictive. Like all all Cam said was he thinks these guys are game managers, which I think he's wrong. But I also think that he has an opinion that his resume justifies. He may look ridiculous having it, but at the same time, like you've got to honor the the fact that he's got one. You can disagree with the man, but it doesn't need to be vitriol. Like. Hmm. It, it just it doesn't need to be vitriol, and if it does, then this is my fucking problem with the media and people that didn't play. This is my no, I, problem. Like if if it's gonna be like, oh well, you can just say whatever you want to professional athletes because I didn't I didn't play, but I think I know the same amount of, that they do. Then I get to look at people and go, well, you didn't play, so your opinion doesn't mean dick. Because I know that everybody that didn't play that's in the media hates that. Well, I didn't play, but they don't get to say that to me. I get to say whatever the fuck I want if people get to talk to, to athletes however they want. I can look at any any pundit and say, well, did you play? No. Oh, well, then why should I respect your opinion? Because I know that everybody that didn't play sure does hate that motherfucking route. I know they hate that. So if, if that's the way that the athlete's going to be treated, then that's the way the athlete should treat the pundit, which both are wrong. So... I mean, let's be real about what we're talking about right here. It's it's the part of the business. It's like the entertainment value because they're going to cause people to become like either irritated or frustrated or outraged by it so that they retweet it and go, look at this fuck. So it's like, yeah, like obviously they're going to say that. Like, do they honestly believe, are they honestly looking Cam Newton in the eyes and saying your opinion doesn't mean shit? No, it's for, it's for entertainment. It's for people to do exactly what we're doing right now and the chat to blow up. And listen, I don't, I don't like your tone. I had a question. Now it's gone. Um, So I'm going to go to Smokes because I like Smokes question. Uh, Smoke wants to know, uh, as a professional, I assume he's talking to you, Matt, because uh, I ain't got shit over here. What chance do you give the Cowboys to win it all this year? Now, the Cowboys are on a five-game win streak. They top the NFC East. They're 10-3. and three. It's looking pretty good. So the start of the season, you didn't know which direction the Cowboys were going, and that's honestly kind of just the trend. Matt, how do you feel about the Cowboys bringing it in this year? Uh, I Look, I like what I see out of Dallas. I, Dan Quinn's got the defense really humming. Their their problem is going to be penalties. Like they are, they their penalties are just through the fucking roof, man. Every weekend they got eight, ten flags thrown on them. So they've got to figure out how to limit those because in a tight game, the, the hundred yards of penalties or the false starts or whatever the fuck it is, that's going to be the reason they lose. And then then I've got to see Dak go beat Philly go beat San Francisco, go on the road and beat one of these teams. If they, Unless they get home field. If they get home field, the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. But they already lost to San Francisco bad, and they split with Philadelphia, but Philadelphia's strength of schedule is so much easier than Dallas's. I can't – Dallas has got some tough games coming up. If Philly wins out, they win the East, regardless even if they have the same record because of tiebreakers. I don't know why, but I know that that's true. So it looks like Dallas is probably going to be the five seed. 
and have to go on the road in the playoffs. And they're good enough to do that, but they're undefeated at home. So I really like the Cowboys. I really do. But until they can find a way to host playoff games in Jerry's world and like host the entire fucking thing, be the one seed. It's why it's why I have so many problems at the beginning of the season when people are like, all these games at the beginning of the year don't count. They're just fucking exhibition games or it's an extension of the preseason. Is it still an extension of the preseason when it's down to fucking half a game or one game at the end of the year and you are the five seed instead of the fucking two seed? Because going on the road to Tampa, that sounds fun. And you can go beat the shit out of the Buccaneers or the Saints, whoever wins the South, assuming that they don't fucking upset you. But then then the Cowboys have got to go to either San Francisco or Philadelphia. And those are house of horrors for both of them. Or Detroit. And I don't know what Detroit's going to be. Like, they should be praying to fucking God. Pray to the God of skinny punks that they can go to Detroit and not Philly or San Francisco. And I don't know how that's going to pan out. So I, I like the Cowboys a lot, man. But there's just something about them. I got to see Dak do this. He's probably going to be the MVP. I got to see him go beat Philly or San Francisco and get him to the the dance. You know, if 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 you want me to start believing that they're back to where they should be, because they're damn sure talented enough to do it. They're fucking ridiculous. Um, I just realized we we're running out of time. Uh, I wanted to get to this last question because I think it's an interesting one. So many teams in the NFL are struggling to have a quarterback, find a quarterback, keep a quarterback with injuries. With so many teams needing a QB, could you see agents pushing kids to enter the draft to capitalize on this? Um. I, I think that that happens every year. I think that if you're look at JJ McCarthy a month ago, he was going back to school and now he's a top 10 pick to the Raiders. So, you know, on mock drafts. So I, I, I think that if you're good and your draft grade is good and somebody in the scouting department somewhere falls in love with you, all you need is one, you need one coach to fall in love with you in college and it'll leverage. You need one scout. Or, or talent, you know, talent director or whoever in the NFL to fall in love with you, one GM, and that, those rumors to start, and then it's leveraged, and somebody else also wants you. So I, I think that regardless of the time, era, uh, you know, the, whichever draft it is, if you're a quality quarterback, you're getting picked up. Now, the thing that I would say is I wouldn't be surprised if people start stacking quarterbacks like if I if I have multiple picks, like if I have disposable draft income, I'm picking more than one quarterback a year from now on. Like this, assuming my starter is going to make it through every game is naive, and not having somebody that can go in there and play at a high level just keeps you on the outside looking in. So I, I mean, shit, man, half the league is hurt and or playing with a backup quarterback or more. So I I think that. You know, I think that there's a lot of opportunity. Yeah, of course. But, you know, that, that that's never going to change. If you can play quarterback at a high level, you're getting a job. There are there are net. There's never a case in the history of the National Football League where everybody's had a good quarterback and a guy that can actually go out there and win games. So it's usually 10 to 12 guys that are at the top that keep the party going. And, you know, if. If we can get deeper than that, cool, but it's usually that's the number. So awesome. Can you let everyone know about this afternoon show and we'll get you out of here? Uh yeah. This afternoon at 2 p.m. we'll have uh you know Buff and NFL great and Olympian 
Uh, Jeremy Blumon is a good friend of mine, a guy that played with at CU to talk all things buffs and transfer portal and recruiting and the NIL stuff because he's immersed in all that and the future and what we see in the Big 12 and, you know, both of us being Big 12 guys and uh, how excited we both are for for CU moving into the offseason. And, you know, we'll get some constructive criticism in there too. So it's not all just sunshine and rainbows for all you softies. Uh, and then, you know, it'll be a good show and, and we'll post that up too. And then uh, we'll have one more tomorrow morning at uh, 10 a.m. and we'll hit the road for the weekend. So thank you, Bree, for all you do on the other end down there, putting up with all of our bullshit, including mine. And tomorrow's a new day. We'll try it again tomorrow. We'll see you. Bye. Thanks, folks.